Hello and welcome back to season two of Zero Wasted Days. I am honored that you are here with me and I am so excited for all of the episodes to come. I am also just very grateful for all of the reviews that you've been leaving and all of the love that you've been giving me inside my DMs. I love nothing more than to be of service to you and to hear that everything that I'm talking about here at Zero Wasted Days is resonating. You know, I really want to inspire you to push the boundaries of what's expected in your life and business, to challenge norms and your growth edges, and to go after the most audacious dreams, because I've seen for myself that anything is truly possible when you have a vision and are ready to go after it. Are you ready to dive in? Let's go. Hello and welcome back. So before we jump into this week's guest, I want to just give you a quick little rundown on who she is, but also some things and kind of changes that are happening around here inside my world. Good changes and next level changes. But my guest today is from Canada. Her name is Janine Rogan. And Janine is a financial expert. She's an educator. She's a keynote speaker. She is an author. She's many, many things. But the topic that she talks about is all around financial security and investing for women in particular. Now, this is a pillar that I'm going to be talking about so much more inside my world. And I know this is something that resonates with my audience, that my clients are asking for, and is actually a part of my life first growth model. So within the strategic side of my model that I teach clients, there are lots of different components, and one of them is wealth creation. So you're going to start hearing more around this because I see so many clients, I see friends, I see so many women in my world who don't have the financial knowledge that they should, don't have the financial security that they should, and are kind of waiting for us to get to a certain point to then start investing or start taking their retirement seriously. And most of the people that are listening to this podcast are in their thir 30s. Many of them are in their 40s. And so there is still time. But if we wait any longer, you know, into our 50s and 60s, then it starts to get really complicated to be able to kind of really make any significant impact on our retirement savings. And so it's not just about retirement savings, because I know also one of the main goals that many of you have is around getting your time back and also having security and having income and passive income streams. And so this is all bottled up into this topic of wealth creation. So Janine is going to be talking to us about this today. This is also, like I said, a pillar within my life first growth method that I teach to my clients and is also part of the Phoenix Rising Mastermind. So the Phoenix Rising Mastermind, as you will hear me talk about a lot at the moment, is open for enrollment right now. It is a very intimate, beautiful group. It's a hybrid. So it gives you one-on-one -on -one calls with me as well as group calls. And then we also have these beautiful guest experts that are going to expand our mind. I like to kind of guest expanders because they really are. I want them to really open your mind to some of these strategic things some mindset mastery, and also some of the pillars that kind of form the foundations of the life first business model which are home, health, hobbies, and happiness. So I just wanted to give you that quick little rundown before we jump into this week's episode. And if you have any questions, jump into the show notes, find me on my DMs, find me in my email, and I look forward to having so many more conversations about this topic. Hello and welcome back to Zero Wasted Days. I am super excited to be inviting a fellow Canadian into our space today. It always makes my heart full when I get to interview Canadians and I have Janine Rogan in 
here with me today. Janine is a CPA, a TEDx speaker, best-selling author. She is really all about creating community for women to invest and learn about their money and understand about wealth creation judgment-free. So welcome, Janine. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I have followed a lot of money experts and money mindset people, and I just really loved when I approached you. And one of the reasons why I approached you to come on today was because of your just very pragmatic approach to money and finance and the accessibility and the language and things that you used in your content, mainly on Instagram is what I have mostly consumed. And so I really appreciate the kind of approach that you have. I know that my audience will as well. And I feel as though you embody a lot of wisdom and knowledge and confidence that is beyond your years, maybe. You even on your website, it says you, you work with millennials. And how did your journey with money really start? And did it start at five years old, like your story talks about? Yeah, I think it did. I think maybe that was the entrepreneurship gene in me and starting a lemonade stand when I was mm -hmm. five. I don't want to say tricking two young boys, but we got to the point to divvy up all the profits for the day. And I convinced these two little boys that all of the coins that we received were worth the same amount and then proceeded to make sure that all of the loonies and the toonies, the Canadian, those are one and two dollar yes. coins, were in my pile and the quarters were in theirs. My dad obviously came to tell us and teach us, even though he knew I, I already knew this, but the value of all of the coins. And you know, he had a discussion with me about honesty and integrity kind of afterwards. But I think that was the start of that fascination with money. I remember mm. him having this big container. I think it like was a case for a bottle of rum he had gotten or something, but we'd collect all the coins. And when it would get super full, we would spend the, the evening or the afternoon, like rolling them and taking them to the bank. So I think money has always been a part of my life, but what was interesting growing up in a family where both my parents were accountants. My grandfather was an accountant. There's a lot of accountants in my family is we always talked about saving money, but never really about investing money. And it wasn't until I was in university that I really started to understand the power of compounding interest or compounding returns and what that could actually mean for you. It's a difference of over a million dollars for people who choose to invest in the stock market and mm. don't invest in the stock market and just keep their money in like a high interest savings account. And to me, when I think about as a millennial, how much money we're going to have to save because we don't necessarily have government pensions like our parents did. Yeah. When I think about that number, it's overwhelming. And to actually physically put, let's say a million dollars away is daunting for a lot of people, myself included. Mm -hmm. And so to get to that million, let's say we have to leverage investing to get there. We have to make our money work for us. And I always tell my clients and my students, you work so, so hard for your money. It's really important that it works hard for you as well. Yeah. And so what do you think are the biggest barriers to people listening to you and adopting some of the things that you teach? Yeah. So I really focus on women in my work. I found in the past five years or so, there was a lot of comments around, well, women don't have as much money because we buy too many shoes or lattes or <laughs> avocado toast or whatever we're going to blame today. And I just thought to myself, well, that can't be it. Because mm. if that was it, we for sure would have fixed it by now. Yeah. Women are incredible. But I think 
There's a few things. So first, I always look back at what has happened in history. So it wasn't until the 60s where women could actually have their own bank accounts. And it wasn't until the 70s that women could have their own mortgages without a father or a spouse co-signing. So it's wow. only really been one generation yeah. where women have actually been legally allowed to be involved from a financial perspective. So I think that does play into it because I think in some families, you haven't seen that person, that woman take control of their finances, maybe because they couldn't, they legally mm -hmm. couldn't up until a certain point. So I think that kind of has to do with part of it. But the other piece of it, I would say is because women have been kept out of the conversations and we've been told it's taboo, we're cautious to bring it up. I think sometimes women feel talked down to when they're talking to financial advisors or people in the financial industry. There's so much financial jargon out there. That's one thing I really try and break down in my content is making it as accessible and approachable as possible. Because when you go into any situation and someone throws a whole bunch of terms at you, it can be really overwhelming. And I liken it to if you go to a hospital and the doctor comes and just says like all these terms that you have yeah. no idea what they mean. Again, it can be super overwhelming and it can be very activating. And I think that definitely is part of it as well. And we've been told forever that talking about money is rude and crass. <laughs> and if you want money, you're greedy. And if you marry someone that has more money than you, you're a gold digger. So there's all these negative stereotypes mm. about women as well when it comes to money. So I think it's, it's not one thing. I think it's a culmination of a whole bunch of like systemic factors that impact women actually being involved. And I just want to throw all of those things out the window and start yeah. from square one with education. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And obviously, like I said, at the beginning, your the accessibility of the language that you use just makes it easier to understand and easier to digest. And then obviously to be able to integrate into your own lives. And so can you tell me more about your book, The Pink Tax, and yeah. how that came to be? Yeah, so I've been about. in the personal finance space for about 13, it'll probably be 14 years this year. This has been a while. And I bought into that narrative that if you just earn more money and if you cut your expenses, then you'll be fine. And then about five years ago, I would say that is when all these stereotypes about women, I started mm -hmm. coming across them. I know they've been around forever. And I think that's what initially led me into the research of like why women are paid less and why women have less money and what are the factors? Because again, I don't think anything is just black and white. I think everything is incredibly multifaceted. And so the pink tax was actually a term coined in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And it describes the pricing difference between gendered products. So if you go into a pharmacy or a shopper's drug mart or a grocery store and you go and look at let's say shampoo or razors the pink branded one is almost always more expensive and even if two items are the same cost the volume will be smaller on the women's mm. products and i've seen this everywhere from your grocery stores all the way to like children's bike helmets um, the pink one is more expensive or calculators or bic tried to do pens like 10 years ago and that is something that I just find so infuriating because we're already paid less. So then to hit us again with more expensive items. And we, we there's actually been some research that came out shortly after my book came out. So unfortunately, it's not in the book, but they are estimating it costs women over $180,000 over the course of their life with just the pink tax. Wow. So the book really, obviously it talks about that, but it 
also goes further. Like what are the systemic barriers? What are the systemic mm-hmm. things that are impacting women's ability to build wealth at the end of the day and have economic equality? Wow. There's so many questions from that. So much of our conditioning as women comes from this being raised in this patriarchal society. And how do you then see this limiting women? Obviously there's the pure financial part. How do you see this limiting women in ways as if entrepreneurs or as leaders? Can you explain Mm -hmm. how the patriarchal system works or how you see it or how you explain it as it pertains to wealth? I'm like, how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think there's a few things there. So obviously we know that wealth equals power. Like this is the capitalist society that fortunately or unfortunately we live in. And we know that some of the highest positions in the world are held by fairly wealthy people and wealthy people have an impact, whether that's through policy, whether that's through legislation. And so women not having as much wealth means that they ultimately don't have as much power globally. And that, again, can be power to impact policy. That can be power to stand up and make a difference for things, leave a bad job, not work with a toxic person in your work environment, leave the spouse that isn't working for you, or is in many unfortunate cases abusive in Mm. one or many different ways. So I think it impacts women from that standpoint, for sure. But I think it also really impacts them from the perspective of leaving it all to the in a heterosexual relationship, unfortunately, there's not a lot of data around how it looks in same-sex couples. Mm -hmm. So I want to be mindful of that. But a lot of women have this, unfortunately, a head-in-the-sand approach when it comes to money. So I'm just going to ignore it and let my spouse deal with it. And if a terrible thing happens, death of a spouse or a divorce, they end up finding out that this man, usually a man, has left them with nothing. And it was in invested or gambled away or what have you. Mm. And they're finding themselves in their forties, fifties, sixties with nothing. Mm. And that is obviously from an emotional standpoint, oh my God, like what a terrible thing to go through. I don't wish that on anyone, but then to have that added financial stress on top of that is so incredibly overwhelming. So I always encourage women to start learning about it now, if you're not involved with your finances, so that if something did happen, it's not like you're also trying to do that as well. You have you know what's going on. You have an understanding of where the money is being invested in because at the end of the day, it's your retirement too. And what can we do to empower women to be educated, to not be afraid of earning a lot of money for being Mm. entrepreneurs and in entrepreneurs, I always see they being women in general, oftentimes undercharge and underpay themselves. And I think that's a whole other (sighs) day of talking about why, but I think a lot of it is we are expected to do so much unpaid labor and work mm. in society in general. I think sometimes society expects us to not have expensive rates or to do things for free when our male counterparts oftentimes would absolutely secure their salary first before worrying about anything else. Yeah, and charge double. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> If there's any entrepreneurs listening to this, you need to increase your prices. Yeah, absolutely. There's always a conversation with my clients when it comes to pricing and it is so true. And there's this like guilt and shame for charging, not charging too much, but like charging what they actually are worth. And then we work out like the the hourly rate that they are actually charging. And we're like, okay, you're over the $20 an hour rate. We need to increase this. And helping women manifest dream lives is a joint mission of ours. Tell me how you do this 
practically for women in your programs. For sure. And I, I also want to acknowledge, obviously, that's coming from a very privileged perspective. You can't sure. manifest anything if you are living below the poverty line. And that's another whole podcast yeah. about social systems. But if you are in a place where you're a high earner, I think there is potential for you to absolutely live that dream life. So I get really clear with my mastermind clients, my students about understanding what that life looks like and writing it out. We know there's been so much research around. If you write down a goal, you're like 65 or 80% more likely to achieve it. But I get really specific with my clients about what things cost. Are there specific experiences you want to have at certain in certain decades of your life mm. that are going to cost something? And it's really planning out for those and coming up with those non-negotiables. I'm not sure if you've come across Ramit Sethi's work, yes. but he talks about your non-negotiable rich life rule. So maybe that's flying first class, whatever it is for you, um, it doesn't matter. But uh, I had a a recent mastermind client who, when her son is 10, she really wants to take him to Disneyland, but fly first class and have the big Disney experience at the resort. And so it's okay, let's cost that out. And how do we actually get really clear on our values and what we want? And then use money as a tool to actually get us there. And that can also look like different things for people that can mean getting to the point where their investment portfolio is paying them tens of thousands of dollars a year and they can semi-retire or just do work they really only care about and are passionate about. And maybe it's only 15, 20 hours a week because they Mm -hmm. have the supplemental income. So I think it can look different for every single person and it's getting really clear on what that means to you. But when you get there, it's so incredibly fulfilling. Yeah. We didn't speak about this before and I haven't heard you give that explanation, but I can completely attest to both sides of the coin. I do this thing, which I learned from a a life coach about 15 years ago, which is the 20 year plan. And you Mm. literally like you put your, the dates down and then you put your names of your people in your household. And then you're looking at like school years and you're looking at things that you want to do. And so I've always travel and adventure has always been a big thing for me and put, having a trip at 30 and 40 and 50, 50s in a couple of years to go on safari at 50 takes or some organization and with, Absolutely. and you also see what the ages of your kids are going to be. And so that is just such a powerful way to make those dreams come true. One is, and it's you're speaking to the converted already when it comes to setting goals and that vision, but then it's like actually writing and being specific about it. And the second thing that you said, just around having those kind of an investment portfolio that pays you a certain amount per month, we're in our forties and I'm not retired by choice, but my husband is 53 and chooses to be retired because of that. And 20 years ago with that, we were living check to check, literally check to check. And because we had this vision and, and it's not like we even sat with a financial planner and like really worked out the way we just went after it. And so people can do this. And that's not a long time, 20 years, really. No. And I think people underestimate how impactful getting started now is. So if you're listening to this and you don't have an investment portfolio, you haven't gotten started, open one and put a hundred dollars in it and put a hundred dollars in every single month and you can change the amount and whatever, but it's also building that habit, right? Sometimes building the habit is more important than doing it hundred percent right the first time. Cause I think with women, I've also seen a lot of analysis paralysis where it's like, (laughs) I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do anything. And that's, that can be almost worse in some situations. And I would say I had a mastermind client was really losing sleep over which TFSA, which is a Canadian account to open for her investments. And I said to her, 
whoever you go with, if in two years you hate them, you can switch to the other one. Yeah. It's not a yeah. big deal. Yeah. And I think it was like that permission to, I don't want to say make a mistake because I don't think she was making a mistake. It, she was investing. She was choosing the right thing with the information she had at the time, but it's okay to change your mind later. Yeah. And I think women need more permission to do that. We're allowed to change our minds and that can be with your investment portfolio. That can be with your, the relationships in your life. That can be with the yeah. habits you build. That can be anywhere you have permission to change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that we think it is failure. So we, I just yeah. literally today recorded an episode just by myself, a solo episode on the fear of failure. It really does keep oh, yeah. so many 100%. women back because it's that, that whole thing. What happens if, and then all of a sudden, like in the span of two minutes, you've come up with every worst case scenario that your subconscious mind can throw at you. And then you're like, screw it. I'm not going to make the decision at all. I didn't, you just, you leave it. I'm, so I'm with so. investing and building wealth. The one I come across often with my clients is like, oh, well, I'm scared that I'm going to lose it all. Mm. And <laughs> I am doing my master's in economics right now. And in economic sustainability, actually in a university out of Australia. And what's really interesting is like this whole stock market going to zero, I would argue is never going to happen. We in the US, the banks were bailed out. I think in Canada, it would be similar. You saw the, the government yeah. bailing businesses out during the pandemic. Like if you have a properly set up investment portfolio and you aren't investing in like really risky or sure. one specific company, that's obviously a different story. But if the entire stock market went to zero, like our economy would cease to exist as we know it. So it yeah. wouldn't even matter that you lost fifteen, twenty thousand um, dollars. You'd have bigger problems. <laughs> we'd have bigger problems. And so I try to remind people that like, that's not something that's going to happen because again, I think it's that perpetuation, that catastrophization of, oh my God, I'm going to lose it all. And then I'm mm. going to be that shame comes in and that blame comes in that I did something wrong. I failed. I lost my family, that money. And that's not the case. Yeah. 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 So it's so fascinating. And so how do you coach entrepreneurs to entrepreneurs and leaders yeah. and just anyone, any women to see the big picture of wealth creation, because we get so caught up as, especially as entrepreneurs, because we are doing all the things and, and moving all of the pieces on the chessboard and get caught up in the finer detail of financing our business and putting that money back in and reinvesting in our businesses. When really we need to also have a place for thinking about things like investing in retirement. Absolutely. I'm a big advocate personally, and I guess you could do this for your business as well, but like checking in and, and doing a net worth statement. So that's really just what you own, all of your assets, and then subtracting what you owe. And I think it's really powerful to do once a year or a couple times a year. I do it monthly because I just really excel. But to see that trend, we're not so much worried about the ups and the downs that mm. are obviously going to happen, but what is the general trend line? And I've been tracking my net worth since 2012. So I have almost 12 years of data and yeah. it's really interesting to see. I can go and see at times when let's say we needed to spend money on something or something negative happened, or one of us wasn't working. And in that time period, you feel terrible or you feel stressed yeah. about money or whatever it is. But then when you zoom out and see it just as a little blip, 
yeah, um, it's on, on the entire graph. And that's only 12 years of data. I'm going to have 30, 40, 50 years at, at some point. It really puts things into perspective. So that's a really great tool. And then I also really encourage entrepreneurs to follow the profit first method. So if you mm-hmm. haven't read the book, Profit First, Mike Michalowicz is the author. It is fantastic because it makes you allocate money to owner's pay is one of the things you have to create an account for and profit. And what I love about that is you get to celebrate yourself and celebrate the milestones. So you take that profit amount and maybe you reinvest it in your business. Maybe you buy a Louis Vuitton bag. Maybe you go on a (laughs) trip around the world with that profit or a trip to to the next country over. But it is really about celebrating the life you've created because that's, I guess, the whole point of entrepreneurship, right? We're trying to solve problems, but we're also hoping that we get to benefit from it. So I think it's really important that number one, people celebrate, but number two, that they're paying themselves and that paying themselves allows them also to then build wealth outside of their business, which is crucial. Yeah. You answered my next question, which was about how you can recommend riding out those waves better. And as entrepreneurs, people do- Close the tab. Don't look at it. It's you're investing, you're growing for the long term. So if something is really stressing you out, at the beginning of the pandemic, the stock market fell off a cliff. And Mm -hmm. I was literally telling people like, just don't log in. You don't need to buy if that's stressing you out, but please do not sell. Like just leave it. And we saw within a couple of months, people who left it, it recovered. Mm. And people who sold are still not at the point where they're able to break even. Yeah, yeah. Just close close the tab and ignore it. (laughs) It's stressing you out. That's the only time I'll give you that option when it comes to your money. (laughs) We were lucky because we sold a house and had to buy something and had to invest in that time. So when it was all crashed and low, we were Mm. like, okay, here goes nothing. (laughs) Chuck it all in there. But again, you Um, don't know that in the moment, right? You only can understand that looking back. Of yes. course, we know hindsight is 2020. And I don't mean that in a, in the sense that it was the year 2020, but <laughs> I think it's important to look back and review those things so that we keep yeah. that 40,000 foot view on things as well as the, of course, you're involved in the nitty gritty and the operations of your business as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a hard thing with, that we have to remind people to do every day is to take the big picture view, take the painting that we get so in the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> So just another little reminder for you that the Phoenix Rising Mastermind is open for enrollment right now. If you crave being in connection and collaboration with other women who are going to help hold you accountable, who are going to lift you up, who are going to help you by being able to be there to bounce ideas off of, also being coached by an experienced coach who has 20 years of experience, that's me. Inside the Phoenix Rising Mastermind, you get a combination of both. So there are one-on-one calls, there are also group calls. We tackle everything from strategies right through to mindset, energetics, because we know that entrepreneurship is not easy. And there are some days when you wake up and you just want to throw the towel in. Well, we're here to support you on those days. We're also here to show you the way and also help show you that anything is truly possible. The Life First Method is all about helping you thrive along the way while you grow your business and not have to wait for like some day when you feel like you're going to earn it and merit it and be at some point when you can actually start living your life. So if you are interested in Phoenix Rising, jump on the website, DM me, email me, and let's book a call to discuss whether or not Phoenix Rising is a fit for you and whether or not it's the next step on your journey. And so I work with women 
all around the world. I have Australian clients, Canadian, UK, US. Would you say that it's possible to generalize and provide us with kind of top three wealth creation tips that are universally available that women and entrepreneurs and people that are listening to can jump on today? Yeah. So first one always is invest and get started. So if you aren't investing or if you don't know what you're invested in, it's time to figure that out. And I think education is always the first place to start for me. So understanding what that means and and that can take some time and that's okay too. And reminding yourself that you're a beginner there because building that wealth, like you said, 20 years is, I would say a medium amount of time in your life cycle. If we're saying we live 80, 90 years, so a medium amount of time, but if you actually get started and invest frequently for 20 years, that will have a huge impact on your life. Like you will get to the point where you're able to retire or semi-retire and choose to work in the area that you want to work in. So I would say investing is always number one. I think the second piece of it is negotiation. I'm a big advocate for negotiation. I'm not an expert in negotiation. I have a good friend who's actually also Canadian who wrote the book, Say Less, Get More. So if you are interested in more negotiation tips, I would check that out. Her name is Fotini, but everything is negotiable. If you aren't able to pay off your credit cards, call your credit card company and ask for a lower interest rate. Make sure that you're not paying bank fees, negotiate your car, your house, all of those things, I think absolutely can be negotiable. In addition, of course, to your salary. Um, If you're an entrepreneur, you set that salary. But I think that if you're in the corporate world, then sometimes negotiating salary can be tricky because you're stuck within a certain salary band. So I always say there's lots of other things that people can negotiate in their life. And the third one I would say, I really believe is networking. I think your network is your net worth at the end of Mm. the day, because those are the people that are going to give you and connect with you on opportunities. Those are the people that are going to buy from your business. Those are the people that are going to connect you with someone else. So really building and being intentional about leveraging your network is something that I think is so critical and important for women, because I think women also do business differently than men. Yeah. Yeah. It's a core component of ours. It's something that we, when we connect better, we produce hormones that are, yeah. I think it was a year ago I had eight or nine women over at my house, just women that I'm friends with that I thought should connect. And I I watched, I sat back and actually watched for the first 30 minutes. And it was like, oh, I'm going to introduce you to this person. And like, it was just so beautiful to see. And it was exactly, I was like, this is how women do business, right? This is how we connect and how we build relationships. And I know that many of the entrepreneurs in that room, the, the eight or nine of us really were able to take their business a step further because of the connections they made that night. Yeah. So powerful. And I'm talking a lot to my audience right now about connection with my mastermind. And it really just is, I undervalued it in my first business and tried to forge at it my own and had a lot to prove. And, and I just, to be able to now just confidently say there's so much of my, this current business that has been because of my network and women that, you know, and that I have always met in networking groups and masterminds and just different places that we, that I continue to stay in touch with. It's just such a powerful thing. That's hard to explain unless you've, you know, experienced it yourself. Well, and you can't quantify it while you're in it. Again, it's one of those things that looking back, it's, oh, I made a a weak tie or a weak connection (laughs) with this person's aunt's friend's dog and yeah. who knows they're a client in five years and they pay yeah. you six figures it's yeah. insane yeah you don't you just don't know 
And so my, I try to cl- close out my, all of my episodes with the same question every time. And our, my new question for 2024 is around the words zero wasted days and in the concept of creating a life by your own design, which I know we talked about at the very mm. beginning. How important is this for you and how might you be embodying this in your life? I think it's really important not having your days guaranteed is something and and mortality is something that Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of reading on. I read the book, I think it was at the beginning of last year, 4,000 weeks. And Mm -hmm. so it really puts into perspective that the notion is you only have 4,000 weeks on this planet. So what are you going to do with them? And I think when you look at getting clear on what zero wasted days means, it doesn't necessarily mean to me, at least that you have to be productive for every second of those. Mm -hmm. You get to how to spend your time and you get to choose how to spend your money and you do it on the things that you actually really value. I am notorious for taking on way too many things in my life, but leaving the corporate world has really given me the flexibility to set my own schedule. So if I don't want to work on Monday mornings because I'm exhausted from the weekend of parenting a three-year-old, that's okay. But yeah. I also get to leave my desk at 4.30 and go get him and be able to have some quality time with him all while still earning an income and and making a difference in the world where I don't think I had that in the corporate world. I was obviously always on someone else's time clock. So I think that is something that is so powerful. And we have finite resources with time and with money. And choosing how we get to allocate them, I think is like the greatest gift and being able to take that gift and do it in a way that is valuable to you as an individual. Oh, that is just so good. That gave me goosebumps. It's the power oh, of truth. I should of... write that down. That sounded really good. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get the sound clip when my editor goes through this. <laughs> that was a good one. But yeah, it really is the power of choice, right? It's the power yeah. of choice and the ability to prioritize. And you're exactly right in that reflection of zero wasted days doesn't mean you have to be working every single minute of the day. It means that you get to have that choice. And some days, if you do want to lie on the couch and do nothing because you've had an exhausting whatever sleep or a weekend and you haven't slept, then that's your choice. And to not feel guilty in doing that as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I just love that. We We don't have to earn rest is something that I've come to terms with in the entrepreneurship world. We don't have to do anything to be able to rest. We we get the right to rest, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes a lot of rewiring for women because they were not raised that way. No, oh my God. Girls that were being productive, right? Yeah. I saw a, a meme the other day and it was like, are you enjoying your family Christmas holiday or are you the firstborn daughter? Meaning if you're the firstborn daughter, you're the one in the kitchen with your mom helping with all the things and clearing the table and making sure everyone's drink is full. And I was like, I just resonate with that so much because that was me growing up. Yeah. Listen, Janine, it's been really great to have this conversation with you. I think we could continue on and I could ask you lots more questions and have a good old chin wag, as they say. I don't know if that's an Australian thing or a British thing. I just pick up (laughs) terms that I'm not sure where they come from. But yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know that my audience will absolutely get so much value from this and help them expand their mind into, you know, the idea that wealth creation isn't something that they have to work towards it. And zero wasted days and what I teach is all about living your life now and not waiting to a certain time to then start working on these things. So thank you for opening our eyes to all of that. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I agree. We could probably talk for a whole day on this topic. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so before we just finish, can you tell everybody where they can find you and the programs that you have? Obviously I talked about your book, but please let us know. Absolutely. Come follow me on the internet. I'm 
on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube at Janine Rogan. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. You can check out the book at pinktaxbook.com. And if you are interested in working with me or understanding more about wealth building, the wealthbuildingacademy.com has both my investing course where I teach women to invest and there's a community aspect to it. And then I also lead small group masterminds for women that are ready to step into the power of building wealth. So that's all available there. Beautiful. That's amazing. So good. Thanks again. And we'll speak to you soon. Sounds good. Before you hit stop and jump to the next episode, let me just ask one final thing of you. Now, I know that every single podcast host asks this, but I can't tell you how important it is to me to know that you've been here listening to this episode. If you would be able to share this on your socials, I would be forever grateful. Even better, if you could actually jump on and give this a review. So if you're on your phone, scroll down to the bottom, give us a review, and this helps tell Apple and Spotify that you actually love this podcast and helps share it with the world. I really appreciate you being here every single week and I appreciate you taking the time to share, rate, and review Zero Wasted Days.